heist. Party to the party. He's Bill. I'm Daniel. We fill our pop culture holes with various pieces of media. This we missed the very. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we missed the first time around. <laughs> you broke the time barrier there, and you were oh, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> this time, it's something Bill's very familiar with, and I'm oh. fairly familiar with, but I never saw this. I'm probably it's more... Yeah, I'm probably more familiar with you than you are, but yeah. It's the pilot for Star Trek. The cage? Well, technically the original pilot, because there's two pilots. There's a whole... Do you know anything about the weird history about, like, these pilots for Star Trek? I'm gonna say no. Yeah, so this we're talking about the original Star Trek series from the 60s, which you have to clarify because there's 20 Star Trek series now. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, this is the original pilot that was submitted and rejected to NBC uh, back in the day. Um, uh, when they first made Star Trek, they were like, hey, let's make the slowest, pokiest, dumbest episode of Star Trek possible. Uh, instead of any, yeah. instead of putting any action or any kind of interesting political intrigue, let's just have it just be a guy sitting on a, a planet and some lady trying to fuck him for 60 minutes and he has a bunch of dreams and shit. I guess NBC thought it was too slow, uh, so they were like, we like the basic idea of the Star Trek show that you're pitching us, but this first episode that you've made for us is boring as shit. Could you do this again, but do it with more action? And so they did a second pilot, which turned out to be, which eventually became the the actual original series episode where no man has gone before. Uh, that's the episode where Kirk, he has like an old friend from school who like, does he like hijack the Enterprise and they go, they like go off to the farthest, they go like off beyond, uh, beyond the edge of the galaxy and, and Kirk's friend gets silver eyeballs, and then Sally Kirkman shows up, and she's got silver eyeballs and all kinds of crazy shit. Anyway, that doesn't matter, because we're talking about the original pilot. This is what they originally filmed, with a mostly different cast, aside from Leonard Nimoy. And, which is funny, because when Star Trek got picked up for series, they were running out of money at some point, and so they were like... Well, how can we do a couple episodes for super cheap? Let's go back and take that original pilot, The Cage, that w got rejected, and mm -hmm. let's just turn that into an actual series episode, but pretending it's a flashback. And mm. to the events of what was going on on the Enterprise before Kirk ever showed up. And they actually managed to turn that into a two-part uh, episode where... Like, like, it's a whole thing. Spock steals the Enterprise. A lot of people steal the Enterprise in the original series, I guess. That's a whole thing, and, uh, but this is the original pilot with, uh, what, 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 you chose the cage. What got you yeah. th th thinking about the, the cage in Star Trek? Uh, oh, somebody was talking about the pilot for it on some podcast I was listening to. Not, like, in-depth. They v mentioned it. Yeah. But I was like, oh, eh, yeah, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> just it sounded kind of vaguely interesting. Well, how much Star Trek have you actually watched? Uh, Well, Saturdays, when we would get home, um, in the afternoon, it was either you watch Star Trek, golf, uh, probably <laughs> infomercials. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck was on PBS at the time, and Star Trek was always the most interesting thing, even though it wasn't interesting. Yeah, it it was the only thing on in the afternoons on Saturday. 
And so I probably have seen every episode. It doesn't mean I remember every episode, but... And you're just talking the original uh, series, too, right? Yeah, and at some point, they did them two back-to-back. Yeah, that's like, kind of what they did in my hometown, too. People were clamoring for more Star Trek, or it was cheap, <laughs> and it was what they could get. I think so, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of it. I didn't necessarily like it, but it was on... Yeah. And then I've seen I've seen all of Star Trek The Next Generation, about half of Deep Space Nine, okay. episodes here and there of Voyager. Because so you've seen most of the good stuff, yeah. Yeah, no Enterprise except for, like, maybe I yeah. tried an episode much. or two because I thought the Vulcan chick was hot. <sighs> uh, yeah, she is hot. I mean, the, the, the second half of Enterprise that's... is actually pretty decent, but the first two seasons are... Yeah, you're not I've missing much couple... with Discovery... A couple of the movies, and that's about it. Yeah. So I've I've seen more than the normal person, but not not nearly as much as a Star Trek nerd would. Yeah, have you're seen. not a hardcore Trekkie or anything like that. No, um, man, I wouldn't I even call myself a fan necessarily. Even as a kid, I remember my only interest in Star Trek before uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation showed up was mostly just from the original series movies from you know back in the '80s, Star Trek. Yeah. One through six, because that was cool, because everything kind of looked actual legitimate. It actually had production values. Everything didn't look like it was made out of paper mache and uh, paper mache. Papa mache. <laughs> and, yeah, you know what? The, you know, it's, it's funny that you picked this, too, because uh, we just did Forbidden Planet recently. And one of the big things I kept on screaming about uh, Forbidden Planet is how much you can tell... They were kind of inspired in the original pilot for Star Trek more by Forbidden Planet than anything else because not that this, the not, not, not that the cage is like a dead ringer for Forbidden Planet, but compared to the yeah. how they redesigned everything for the uh, when the, the actual original Star Trek series happened, this is much more looking like a Forbidden Planet than the original series because everyone's got like relatively toned down costumes. The Enterprise set is kind of like steel grays and stuff like that. It's, it's when they go down to the planet surface, they're actually wearing like away uniforms and like they have equipment belts and stuff like that. More like <laughs> you would think of like a, like a scientific or a military research mission would actually operate. Whereas in uh, the original series of Star Trek and all the way up in the next gen and stuff, everyone just goes down in their footy pajamas down to an alien yeah. world. And maybe they'll be armed with a tiny little, uh, phaser or something like that, but yeah, this is, uh, I, I guess what happened in, in between this, the, the cage and when they redid, uh, when they did the second pilot and started the actual TV show, NBC was like, you know what, a lot of people are buying color TVs and we want to spice up the looks of Star Trek to take advantage of the fact that everyone's buying these color TVs. So we need to make everything more colorful. We need to add mm. yellow handrails and pink spotlights to everything. All the characters have to be dressed in primary colors it's... just so when they're flipping through the channels, they'll see this TV show that pops and they'll be more likely to sit and watch the show. And so that's how, um, yeah, that's that's that, that's why everything looks so much different in this where everyone's got, like, I guess, still cool steel gray outfits and stuff, and Spock is laughing and stuff, It's which is weird, because he obviously hadn't nailed down his his character yet in the cage. And, um, well, yeah, and he also looks like he just woke up, because <laughs> his hair is a mess. It's kind of funny, it's like college-aged Spock. Even though, like, you know, they, they went on, like, actually, the original series Star Trek was only, like, a year or two after that, but for some reason, like, Leonard Nimoy looks, like, ten years younger in this episode than he does in the original series, which is funny because, like I said, when they recycled this episode, this episode takes place, like, 11 years in the past, so that kind of makes sense, too. Mm -hmm. Um, but... God, Star Trek. So you just want to get into it? Oh, sure, why not? Uh, 
So this is brought to you by Gene Roddenberry. Gene Wilder. Gene Wildenberry. You would have been a hell of a captain. Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Uh, It's it's funny, too, because... Well-known waves and waves have come exploding out of him, uh, writer. God, yeah, for people who don't know. Was it Star Trek, (laughs) the the further missions? Uh, Within the last two years... Within the last couple years, uh, someone put out a uh, two-volume book series about the making of not only the original series, but all the following Star Treks. And they have some crazy fucking excerpts from uh, fucking the shit Gene Roddenberry would write and say behind the scenes. And there's there's like a whole chapter about how he was a sexual predator. And he kept on writing uh, fucking letters to everyone on set about how, yeah, he loves to come and pleasure explodes out (laughs) of his face and all this crazy shit. And it's just like... It, it really helps undo the whole myth of Gene Roddenberry being this, like, really sensitive genius, great bird of the galaxy. No, he's just a fucking horny monster. So, you know what? One of the, one of the best parts of... One of the best things about all, any of the original Star Trek happens right at the beginning of this episode. Uh, we, the version of this we, we watched uh, of The Cage, it's the redone recent... Because, like, maybe about a decade ago, uh, CBS went back and redid all the special effects for all the original series episodes. And so I don't know how much this looks like in the original cut of The Cage, uh, but the the, 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 the the episode starts with the Enterprise, you know, whooshing through space, which they kind of reused for the title sequence for Star Trek when the show got picked up for series. But then uh, there's a great shot of the Enterprise whooshing towards the camera, and then the camera, like, dips over the bridge and goes through, like, the glass ceiling? So you get to see the inside of the bridge from the, like, it does a great uh, job of showing you exactly where the bridge set is situated on the Enterprise, which yeah, I always thought was actually kind of cool. Some of the people look a little bit more CGI than others. Yeah, there's but, a moment know, where you can tell everyone's kind of like flash animated as they're transitioning from the outside CGI model into inside the ship. But still looks pretty cool. For people to know, yeah. you know, if this is your first introduction to Star Trek, which of course it would have been for, it was supposed to be everyone's first introduction to Star Trek back in like 1965, it's a cool idea. And especially back mm-hmm. in the day, they weren't like, they didn't have really have the time and money to try to get too inventive with special effects shots like that. But the fact that they even tried this, I thought was kind of interesting. But anyway, mm. you get to see the inside of the bridge. Everyone's hanging out. Yep. And uh, Proto Ray Liotta's the captain <laughs> of the really Enterprise. It is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, this is Jeffrey Hunter playing Captain Pike, who now in canon, I think he's the second captain of the Enterprise. Mm. Yeah. Spock's looking like he hasn't slept for days. Yeah. And uh, uh, that... Uh, I get a red alert, and the sound it makes is a fucking tragedy. <laughs> oh yeah, well, oh, I don't even yeah. Recognize it's I not. It, it's no. It's not the usual red alert sound. It's, it, I can't. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it just sounds awful. <laughs> is it this sound? <laughs> <laughs> yep, and it makes me cry inside every time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it turns out they filmed this uh, the the cage inside an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese. Oh mm-hmm. god! But yeah, isn't there something going on? Like they're get, they're getting a message or something like that. Yeah, they, it looks like they're floating through like fart clouds in space. Yeah, or, again, know, I kind of wonder what the original special and... effect looked like, but it just looks like shimmering shit outside their TV screen. Yeah, and one of the guys I don't who's at the controls. I don't like the way his hair is the same color as his face. <laughs> That's oh, weird. you mean, like, it's funny, because, like, yeah, really, oh, yeah, he's the guy who would essentially, I think, uh, Chekhov ends up, uh, inheriting that state. Oh, because, yeah, the only two people we know, well, the only two people I know, you've got Spock, and then you've got, do you recognize the lady, the one lady on the bridge? I don't really recognize her, but I know who it is because of her voice and <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's Majel Barrett, who eventually, I think after this, wound up, uh, becoming 
uh, Roddenberry's wife, and I I guess they started fucking during while making this episode or something like that. Even though they had, they had mm. even worked to even uh, together before even this. But yeah, the guy sitting next to her, he, he's some fucking Ron Weasley motherfucker. Uh, but <laughs> I always like number one because it's like she is like second command of the ship. She's actually higher than Spock is, which is kind of funny. And yeah. for 1965, it was a big deal to show a lady in second command of the ship. And unfortunately, I guess one of the big notes when they redid the pilot, uh, NBC was like, we don't like the idea of having a woman in second command. So they got rid of the character and Spock became second in command. Later That's great. I mean, they, they do try to, to to throw some lines in here that Oh, uh, God, thanks, fucking show. That, Jesus so. Christ. Yeah. So we'll get there. Oh, so fucking TV show. They're going to collide with something moving through space, but it's just nothing. It's space gas. Uh, I guess they threw, flew through some radio waves. Yeah, and I guess the yeah, radio waves makes their TV set go crazy. I don't know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Comes from the Talos star group. Mm-hmm. Nice line read in there, bub. <laughs> Did someone have to look at their script page? No, he literally does, like, lean over and look down. He says it comes from the... Talos That's system. good acting, because he has to pretend he's never heard that name before, even though the whole episode takes place on the Talos, you know. Yeah, it's a Class <laughs> M planet. Yeah. There was a crash 17 years ago. <laughs> Apparently nobody investigated that shit, though. No, yeah, Whatever. everyone's just like, well, I guess... Ships ships just vanish <laughs> all the time. Fucked. No need to investigate it. To be fair, if you're sending out bazillions of, like, research and, uh... Uh, excavation ships and stuff like that. I guess every once in a while you're just gonna lose ships and you're gonna be like, you know, we don't have the resources to send people looking for everyone who gets lost during this shit, so good yeah. luck! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, they aren't gonna stop for that because they don't even know if there's any survivors left. That, that's an old ass distress signal yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, it is and they don't even know if anybody's years. still alive. Yeah. They gotta take care of their sick and injured first. I and think I like, they make a suggestion and, that they've come back just... I think they say they've, they've just come back from a battle or something themselves. Yeah. 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 And so Pike leaves the bridge, and I like the two extras who just kind of like, eh, whatever, shrug just, at each other. Uh, there's also two extras that are dressed like they just came back from the beach. Yeah, what the hell like, are they doing walking people. around the They're not like officers or anything. Like, they're just like in shorts. And, they're like, wearing fucking flip-flops and exactly. everything. It's like, wow, okay. I guess they didn't have a, a, a budget for extras costuming yet. The future! Oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, the captain goes into his quarter, and he lounges Whoa. on his bed as hard as he can. He tries to go into his quarters, but he has to squeeze around the giant two-ton... <laughs> triple-faced, like, giant console TV set that takes place that takes up, like, 90% of the room in his, in his mm. quarters? Uh, it never, it's, it's which is funny, because it's a prop that never gets used again in the scene, but uh, yeah, and he throws himself on his bed and he just has a petulant little fit. <laughs> little <laughs> yeah. fucker. And I, I, he calls the, for the doctor, he's like, come see me, and I guess the doctor was waiting right outside his door, because he comes so, right yeah. in. <laughs> and he's like, I got some booze for you! <laughs> I love the guy, he's, he's presumably that's his medical bag. He cracks open the medical bag and he just starts pouring the guy an ice-cold martini. And yep. it's just and, like... And <laughs> Captain Pike's like, I guess we haven't cured comb-overs in the future, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is, pointedly, this is not Dr. Bones McCoy. This is like a totally different doctor, again, because they haven't like... It was... 
Was Roddenberry obsessed with blue eyes? Yeah, especially because, like, uh, the Doctor has blue eyes. Because it's like everybody but Spock. Yeah, everyone's just like the aliens, the the ladies, everybody got the blue eyes. Uh, I guess that was striking. That was a thing you'd be like, especially if you were experimenting with color television. I guess you would, like, go for, like, the piercing blue gaze. We know they're a terrible actor, but they got blue eyes. <laughs> They're so beautiful. I want to kiss his eyeballs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just uh, just uh, just because sh- the show is just trying to be as Mad Men as possible straight from the start. Yeah, the doctor slinging booze rather than medicine. Uh, although yeah. he does do it under <laughs> like the auspices. He's like, uh, what? He'll say a man will tell his bartender things that he would never tell his doctor. Yeah, and I like Pike is like you put nice in that, and he's like, hey, you want to, you want who wants a, a warm martini? And then there's no ice to be seen. Well, that's what I'm wondering. So either this guy is super cool, and this shit's been chilled from the start, or they're just drinking warm booze out of this guy's bag that's been sitting there all day. And it's like I've been, I've been waiting outside your quarter for eight hours. It's all <laughs> warm. Enough now. time to refrigerate this shit. I got nothing else to do other than just waiting hand and yeah. foot on your petulant ass. There was a battle or some shit. Something, Pike something. is tired. He wants to take a vacation or resign. I don't know. Yeah. But good news, after this pilot, he will take a nice long vacation. Man, so I went to... Did you research anything about this actor? No. It's funny because... So there's a whole big kerfuffle about how Quentin Tarantino... Supposedly he wants to make a Star Trek movie. And this all came about in the last couple years... Which is coincidentally enough happens to be right when he was writing and directing his latest movie, at least as we're recording this in the summer of 2019, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which is funny because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the main character played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is pretty much Jeffrey Hunter, this actor in a nutshell. Where he's mm. this guy who, he was a, a star in a bunch of westerns in the early 60s, started getting washed up, um... And ends up having to, once he uh, fails out of television, he ends up uh, starring in a bunch of overseas spaghetti westerns and stuff like that. And that's exactly what happened to Jeffrey Hunter. And Jeffrey Hunter (laughs) wound up dying just a couple years after this, because I guess he got a head injury while filming a spaghetti western? And then he mm. came back to America, and, like, he had the head head injury, but he never got it really attended to. And then I guess he was Ew. having a... He had a brain hemorrhage while walking down the steps in his house, and he fell and cracked his head open and just died right there. Jeez. And there's a whole big kerfuffle. Like, the, the, the reason why he never came back to do the second pilot of Star Trek was... So, this is according to other Star Trek fans. Supposedly his wife... Like, jumped in the middle when, when Gene Roddenberry and the rest of the Star Trek gang gotten back in touch with her. Like, hey, J- hey, Jeffrey Hunter, we need to come back. We're going to do a second pilot. Supposedly, Jeffrey Hunter's wife was like, oh, Jeffrey's a movie star now. He doesn't do television. And that was just the end of his career. He kn- This is the last big thing he ever did. Because, like mm. I said, he wound up, like, like he never really got much of a TV role again after this. Wound up having to go to, like, a spaghetti western film. And, ironically, doing the spaghetti westerns, what, kind of in a roundabout way, kind of killed him. And so, lesson learned is, if you're trying to be a TV star, don't let your wife be your uh, manager, I guess. Agent. Because she will make yeah. bad, bad decisions. You know, what? Just do you, how, what do you think of Jeffrey Hunter's performance in this compared to William Shatner? Uh, he's fine. Um, he's very angry, but I mean, I can understand that because he's getting locked up by testicle monsters. Yeah. I mean, you could probably make an argument that Jeffrey Hunter is like a, a quote-unquote better... Like it, traditionally, it, uh, traditional actor, he's not hamming up like Shatner would. Yeah, um, 
I feel like he would have done a fine job. Uh, it wouldn't... I don't know if Star Trek would have kept the camp appeal without That's... Shatner. Yeah. If they tried to make this more serious. I, it might have been a better show more serious, but at the same time, I don't know, because I don't know what his range is, because his range in this is pissed off. Yeah, just pissed off and, like, people trying to get him to have sex pissed with the lady off and he doesn't want to do, and that's it. Yeah, where's... which is the opposite of Shatner. Shatner would have been <laughs> like, "Fucking like, take that off!" Yeah. yeah, I always claim that people underestimate how much Shatner's personality was a positive selling point for the original Star Trek because it was so big and campy. But not always being campy because he did have his moments where, like, he had nice, quiet moments of reflection and stuff like that. But uh, combined with that and. Uh, I guess why, uh, uh, Nimoy has said that the, the whole reason why he played uh, Spock as being kind of goofier and sillier and with, with more emotion in this was precisely because Jeffrey Hunter was so buttoned down. He mm -hmm. thought that Spock needed to be a little more lively to act as a counterpoint to Jeffrey Hunter just being cold and angry the whole time. Whereas when Shatner came in, Shatner was just a big wild goofball. Supposedly Nimoy was like, okay, well now I can play Spock as more, he can, he can be the buttoned down guy now. And so they kind of flip flop yeah. a little bit. Supposedly, that's what the shot Nimoy said in the past. But anyway, so the guy just keeps on throwing a fit because now he's captain. And I guess he doesn't want to be captain because he didn't realize it would involve responsibilities. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, it's just so, Ron Barry having an excuse. He's essentially just explaining the duties of a Starfleet captain in this. Yeah, but, vacation, retire, maybe be a slave trader with green women. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a thing to throw out. It's like, ah, I think, about, I think about getting into the slave trade. And I hope the doctor has to be like, you you want to you trade green animal women? And the guy's just like, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Just an idea. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Spock hits him up on a view screen and is like, like, hey, yo, there were survivors. They're sending a fax. So they get a fax. <laughs> yeah. Says there were 11 of them. They got food and water, but unless... And then the message ends because they got bored. Yeah. <laughs> so off they go to Talos. And then uh, the opening music plays as the stars are overlaid on uh, them. showing. Right, oh, space travel. Jeffrey Hunter says... <laughs> he says, like, Time Warp Factor 7, and suddenly a bunch of Christmas lights get superimposed over the over over the bridge, and yeah, this is the one time you actually hear the whole full, like, Star Trek theme used within an episode, and it just it goes on for, like, five minutes of just Christmas lights whooshing by, and it's kind of superimposed, everyone just standing on the bridge, just, like, staring at the TV, and it's the most, like, what the hell's going on moment in the episode. Mm -hmm. It's um, listening to that. I tried to listen to the theme without really uh, yeah. thinking of a Star Trek theme, and that shit sounds so of the time, like it would fit right in a Gene Kelly movie or some yeah. garbage like that. It's all just not the Gene Kelly's movies. And... Uh, one of his garbage movies. Exactly, I mean, not yeah. The, not that Gene Kelly's movies are garbage. I but think this is before, or I guess the Beatles were just happening, and white people were just getting used to the idea of rock and roll. So I guess mm. this is back before they realized like music could be anything other than just like weird garbage. Yeah, uh, which I still just love throw Beatles some bongos in there. Just, Go crazy! Oh shit! They actually still have. Oh, because, I guess it because it's the pilot. It was the original uh, a couple early episodes of the 
of Star Trek, the Enterprise has these little golden needles on the nacelle. I just realized it still has that. But. So then a redhead lady comes on the bridge. Oh, Pike walks directly into her and is like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? How dare you get on my bridge? And she's like, hey, you wanted these reports at 0900? It's 0900. He's like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm very likable. And then oh. he proves it when he tells the second of command, who is another lady, uh, she's good at her job, but I, I just can't get used to having a woman on the bridge. Which? No, no, no offense, Lieutenant. Jesus. You're different. It, of course. Fucking Christ, hey, hey, you want to spit in their faces while you're at it there, Captain Pike? He does Jeez. the amazing job of insulting the two women on the entire ship both at the same time. It's fucking <laughs> uh-huh. And this, this is the thing where Gene Roddenberry loves to pat himself on the back where he's just like, oh yeah, you know I put a woman in second command of the original pilot, but the uh, the studio wouldn't stand for it. But then he does and then he does this backhanded shit like this. This really makes it seem that he just only put uh, what's-her-face uh, number one on the ship uh, because he was fucking her and not because he really cared about any kind of feminism. Because if he really cared about any kind of feminism, you wouldn't be writing fucking lines like that, even in the mid-1960s. It's like, Jesus Christ. And this is also, too, when people talk about whenever they do uh, like prequels to the original Star Trek where they try to make it seem like, you know, like it was all equal opportunity gender shit. And, like, not only this, but there's also later episodes in the actual series where they point out that, like, there's no women captains allowed and shit like shit like that. So, mm. as much as, like, Gene Roddenberry loved the jerk-off on his old face about how progressive the original series was, there's some basic shit that, like, people still like to kind of gloss over about how, like, uncool the original Star Trek series was. But And this is one, this is, like, the, maybe the, one of the, the big sticking points. Yeah. So, ugh. <laughs> Thanks, Star Trek. Thanks, 1960. I don't want a woman on my bridge. Oh, it's like half the gender of the thing. Oh, my God. And it doesn't so help get... that the ladies are like, meh, 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 meh. Just, yeah. Oh. They get to the planet, and there's something shiny, which is a reflection of the crash, I guess. Sure, why not? Oh, okay. And then Captain Pike starts getting his crew all together, but he tells the lieutenant, Sorry, but we don't know what's down there, so we can't send our most experienced crew member. Oh, he says that to Major Barrett, right? Yeah, but all the other super important people are going. Ah, yeah. Even him! It is kind of nice that he puts the lady in charge. Although that just means you barely get to see him for the rest <laughs> he, of the episode. Well, yeah, but he was probably also like, plus you're a woman. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't be a bit surprised there were drafts of that. That this, this ship needs a womanly touch while I'm gone. Also, <laughs> one weird little thing I noticed with Nimoy, which is funny too, because like he's talking about he's just going to take all the most unexperienced people with him uh, down to the uh, planet surface. He takes Spock, which is just kind of funny to see, because normally watching Star Trek, Spock would be one of the people in command and one of the people you would leave in charge of the ship, not take with you. When you're saying, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to take all the fucking rubes with me. Uh, but also, Spock's, there's something going on with Leonard Nimoy's costume where his pant leg is rolled up so you get to see his naked calf. But as Sexy. Leaving, I just thought it was just kind of funny because, like, just a weird costuming <laughs> gaff. Uh, but, yeah, they go to the transporter room, which I guess is the first time you've ever seen an extended. And they actually, yeah, like I said, they all get armored up. They have, like, away team uh, jackets, like field jackets. and Yeah, Pike's mom made them. What are you going to lie? I mean, this is so- this movie was made by Lucille Ball, for Christ's sake. <laughs> not 
<laughs> maybe by hand by Lucy Ball, but this is like essentially yeah, some of it looks like it was by hand <laughs> by, is, when she was at her drunkest. Yeah, this is financed by Lucy Ball, filmed on Lucy Ball's parking lot. There's a guy, with, yeah, there's a dude with a with a, like a tinfoil backpack. He looks like he's cosplaying mm-hmm. as a Ghostbuster with like a child's <laughs> costume from like 1985. It's fucking fantastic. None of their jackets fit right. Yeah, is... no, that that's the thing with the costuming. Oh God, like uh, actually looking at Jeffrey Hunter transporting down to the. Uh, uh, to the planet surface and actually one pant leg is longer than the other <laughs> that's a little slip shot what are you gonna do mm-hmm. oh. so they they beam down to the planet and, and once they beam fully they just look around and proclaim why it's nothing but papa mache it's actually you know what for star trek this is actually probably better produced than anything in the original series because uh, in the original series, they got away with a lot of, like, they wouldn't even paint, like, a background. It would just be, like, a red screen. Like, mm. just like, oh, we, the planet just got a red sky. We're just going to have, like, three papier-mâché rocks. And this, yeah. there's actually, like, there's, like, 12 papier-mâché rocks. There's actually, like, a painted background. with like. And there's also yeah. a blue plant that, when it wiggles, it makes noise. <laughs> it's, Neat, well, I guess. Thing, Spock sees it, and he starts laughing at it. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> the most goody... <laughs> <laughs> Which when people when they whenever like they're looking at stuff at Star Trek that doesn't make sense, this is one of the big things I always pull up. It's Spock laughing, is he number? Yeah. So uh, there's also they find a camp of old ass men, but no time to talk to them though. There's a sexy lady here. There's one lady. There's not even any old women. Well, of course, women aren't allowed in space, Bill. <sighs> so. So. What did they say? What her job was? Because you find out later, she uh, later she was actually like of this age when she was with them, but they never say that. Well, this is just like uh, a research no, ship know. that just crashed. Right? I can't remember. Okay, I couldn't remember yeah, if it was like a so, colony ship or what. Which, if there was a colony ship head- with only one woman on it, they got some math problems going on there. Yeah, some scrotum-headed dweebos are watching them on a view screen. <laughs> and after a is- bit, I like their heads. For 1965, the makeup is actually because they because they have pulsating veins on their head, which yeah, would have gross. been I, which you know that's good attention to detail. It would have been really hard to see on a TV back in the 1965. Mm. But I love they they took they took the extra effort to do that little bit of detail. I thought it was super cool. Anyway, anyway, after a bit, the crew calls the ship to say they can start beaming fools up, but the girls like, hey Pike, want to know my secret? Want to see it? And uh, the doctor comes over and is like, Man, these guys are healthy as shit. Maybe a little bit too healthy. And then one of the old men comes up and is like, Shit, yeah, we're healthy. There's a reason. Let this girl show you the secret. We'll take whatever judging happens. And I I got overloaded with too many dirty jokes to say. I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't do it. Oh, no. Oh, no. So they don't so, ever actually end up beaming up anyone yet, right? No, because they're all imaginary. Well, that's what I'm saying, because they, that that's the moment that... I'm assuming that's why she jumps in, right when they're about to start beaming people away, because that's that's when their kayfabe is going to get busted. So, she leads Pike to a small ledge and says, Hey, you're the perfect choice. Prime example. Oh, yeah, good choice. Super deluxe. And then she goes <laughs> and vanishes. Some testicle brain boys come out, throw some knockout zaps at Pike, and drag him away. The yeah. crew can't catch him. This is like the one set where most of the movie takes place, or I keep on calling it a movie. I just love that they have this giant rock with a sliding door on it, <laughs> like, but it's like yeah. stuff that looks like something out of H and R Puff and stuff. And so they <laughs> they, they drag uh, uh, Pike and they, they take an elevator downstairs, and 
Yeah, well, pretty much for the whole rest of the shoots... episode, everyone's stuck uh, trying to blow this door open. They shoot the door, but it no works. Yeah, it's, uh, I do love they yeah. have like laser pistols in this one. It looks like it looks super nineteen fifties, whereas the phasers they came mm. up with the original series look a little more abstract. But these look super cool. Like I said, it's very Forbidden Planet. It's great. Yeah. He wakes up. Pike does in a cage, surrounded by crumpled paper that is supposed to look like rock. <laughs> and there's you leave a... that set designer alone. <laughs> you can only do so much. Fine, then I'll make fun God, of this that terrible. That really is just like I don't, know, I don't think it's crumpled paper. I think it's like fucking hefty bags. Yeah, oh. then there's a terrible-looking man in a red monkey suit and yeah, a bird obviously. thing that even they were like, this looks terrible, let's play it in reverse to make it look better. Yeah, it's a monkey suit with, like, a pig suit head on it. It's not great. No. Oh, no. Oh, and then and it then, turns into a bird for a second, I guess? I got, I'm or watching that's it a now. Different There's creature? some random shit happening, just to and show. Then, and then someone says, Turn the page now, and then that that turn the page chime happens <laughs> from all the like, Disney. Well, that's that's Disney one of the pacing records. problems with this episode is it's so episodic. There's not like a driving story. Well, I'm not saying it's. I'm not. I'm not saying that because when the door opens and closes with the testicle guys, it's the turn the page chime that from all. Oh, the is that old actually Disney, what it is? Disney records. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds enough like that. Well, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure most of these productions shared like the same. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's like like a old uh uh there weren't a ton of audio libraries back in the day, so I'm sure lots of shit could. I'm fucking even to this 20 fucking 19, and I still see movies and TV shows where someone's using a computer. They you'll hear sound effects from like old uh, Nintendo oh, yeah. 64 games games sometimes uh, they still use the door closing sound from aim or the door opening sound exactly there's like there's one like computer sound effect from uh jet force gemini on the n64 that i still hear uh, it's getting rarer but the it's the shittier the tv show that you're watching the more likely it is that like someone's gonna push a button it's good there's gonna be like blink sound that from yeah early, yeah fucking ah but yeah anyway. that's so, hilarious uh, to think that it can actually be in the turn of the page sound though yeah so the front of these dudes is a Peter horrible Pan testicle. Records. We need to do an yeah. episode about Peter Pan Records. Oh. Are they less racist than the movie or more racist? No, no, not just not Peter Pan. Peter Pan was a series. They were a company who put out a lot of those turn the page. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, I'm sure they probably did one based on the Peter Pan movie, but I had a whole, like, I, I, I don't shut up, Bill. That's neither here nor there. Oh, yeah, fine. So, um... From the front, they're the terrible looking testicle peoples, and from the back, they got a gross butt on there. They really Good choices all now. around, guys. There's like a specific crack at the back, of like where their heads meet their spines, and it's just like, oh no. So they, he, he start they, brain things, uh, start boasting, and then they start predicting what he's gonna do in that cage because he's got a glass barrier and stuff they're so smug yeah. and pike says "Ooh, i'm gonna find a way out of here and get you well also the aliens they're not talking out loud they're just thinking out loud and he's all yeah. like what's going on and they're just like oh this this yep. human male so, has his the prime efficacy of a blah, blah, blah. human male is angry watch as he throws himself against the barrier and that is like half this episode it's like I mean, this this episode does not age well, especially if you've seen so much of the original better Star Trek shows. So you know exactly what's going on long before the the show has the time to communicate it. But even for back in the day, I would imagine like I could see why NBC was like, "Oh my god, and this is just gonna go on for another hour." <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, 
You know, there goes. Here, guys. They will start the test soon. And on the ship, they're all talking about how they were tricked with the, the illusions. And man, they were fooled but good. And then Spock is like, hey, look at this drawing I did. And it's, <laughs> it's just a... It's a pencil drawing <laughs> of the aliens. <laughs> it's just a big testicle with a face. And he says, oh, if they're so smart, why do they look like that? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm assuming is they must have filmed this before they had filmed the stuff with the aliens. So they didn't have a photo of the aliens yet. <laughs> I and so it's just a pencil drawing from the costume department. <laughs> That's great. So, like he's trying to find a way out of his cell, and the testicles are like, he sure has a lot of room for memories in his brain pan. And the most recent one is a battle he sh oh, he hated the hell out of. Well, let's do that one again for him, but this time we'll give him a reason for something to protect. Now he's back on Rigel 7, but this time the lady from the camp is there dressed in her finest Renaissance fair. Oh, yeah, this is Matt Painting Valley right here, where it's like just like this weird castle with a <laughs> giant moon in the background. Yeah. She keeps going and be like, Come on! We gotta get to the castle! Come on! And a monster snarls, and she makes a face like, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> she, she does the worst bit of acting here, and the whole thing where she's like, Oh! Before she turns Her and runs, did wiles. you notice? Did you notice that look she gives? No, you know I think this part where I it's start ridiculous. checking my email a whole bunch. That's <laughs> <laughs> a ridiculous bit of acting. Uh, I'm rewinding and, it now too. Okay, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, God. Uh, she runs the castle and Pike follows, and thankfully he's not so stupid. He's like, "Oh, I guess I'm here now." He's like, "What the fuck? Why would they send me here? Why? Why are you here?" Why are you scared? You're an illusion. And no time for that, though. A drunk hillbilly that stumbled and fell into the costume department and grabbed whatever and this just walked just into the castle. Terrible. And this is also something Star Trek did a whole bunch where the captain has to fight a giant dude. And this guy, mm -hmm. he's got the most random junk pile of shit on where it's like kind of part <laughs> like Genghis like... Khan, part like space alien, part like fucking the monsters. The fucking... He's like... He's like a tall version of the garbage lady from Labyrinth, but just starting out. <laughs> he's got like a mace and a shield, and he's got big go-go yeah. boots. Big for, I don't Them know what the hell's going teeth. on. Here. He's got yeah, mo fucking shitty monster teeth. And they're obviously just filming this on like an old ruined like medieval castle set that like wasn't even like just like... I, I don't get the feeling... I get the feeling that this this castle set is all fucked up, not because they made it look fucked up, but because it was just, no one had filmed it here in 30 years, so they just filmed it as yeah. is, and just made up a matte painting around it, and just excused, oh, this is just Rival 7, this is how this planet always looks. It's just yeah. the back corner of the soundstage that we found. Yeah. And yeah, so that's where so they well. fight, and they just kind of go fighting forever. The fart music happens, and oh. some lame-ass <laughs> fighting happens. I guess they had not invented this the Star Trek da -da 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 fight music yeah. that everyone loves to riff on so much. Yeah. He gets thrown off, a pike gets thrown off a ledge, the hillbilly grabs her, the music farts, he throws a sword into that guy's back, and that then the hillbilly... Throw. But the funny, I love that the guy's not even mortally wounded, he just turns around, he's, now he's just angry. He's like, I'm a kidney! <laughs> and he decides, well, I guess I better jump down to that spear he's holding. Just, he's already holding the spear, it's not like he, it's not like he waits until the guy jumps and then throws up the spear, like the guy just like, decides, you know what? I always wanted to die anyway, so I'm just gonna throw <laughs> myself at Jeffrey Hunter. 
Yep, so now they're back in the cage. What him and the, the lady. fuck battle did the Enterprise come from that that was like an actual, like, legitimate recreation of that battle that just barely survived? Was yeah, they really barely survived against guys with swords and maces, <laughs> even though they have phasers. That's the that's the prequel Great. episode I want to see, is like the whole Enterprise crew just fighting in this fucking San Fernando Valley ranch parking lot against <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a bunch of medieval time mutant monsters. Oh so Pike God. is like, hey, are you real? And she's like, I'm as real as you want me to be. Yeah, because now they're suddenly back in the cage he, again. He's suspicious because she's wearing the same fabric as the Brain Boys. Uh, and she's basically like, come on, be cool. I suck your dick. And that's that's their whole relationship for the whole rest of the episode. It's and he's like, like, fuck oh. yeah, but first, there's some way to keep them from reading my brain pans. Because, uh, um, and she's like, uh, uh, uh. And, and so he says, well, you're not real, so I'm not going to talk to you no more. And then he walks two feet away and is like, harumph. Because they are in a cage. They, it's not like he has a lot of... It's not like they yeah. can hide from each other or anything like that, yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you notice that this lady's like proto-Christian Bell? <laughs> I heard Christian Bell. You, you're talking about the lady from Frozen. I'm thinking about Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Nobody Christian is. She's, well, she's got the Christian steel blue Bale. eyes. She's got the blonde hair. Actually, you know what? If she had a stronger jawline, she could totally. She has a very. No, she has a very well, strong jawline. No, That's Christian, what makes her Christian look Bell like Christian Bale specifically has, like, bucket jaw. Uh, but mm. not an ugly way. I think Christian Bell. I already going off about Christian Bell before. Mm, how you doing? Mm -hmm. Especially that pink yes. bikini. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> when that, no, that wasn't White Hot American Summer. What was the... Saving Sarah Marshall. Which we'd done probably almost exactly a year ago. Oh, now you got me They're thinking about, about Christian yeah. Bell. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is... I mean, she's very cute, but... Uh, this is also such a fucking Gene Roddenberry fantasy of like, let's have a whole episode about the Starfleet captain who just gets stuck in a cell with this hot blonde lady who wants nothing more just to fuck his bones dry. Yeah. While these aliens are promising to give him everything he wants in the world, I guess the whole idea is like, okay, we're going to test this guy's resolve because he's pretty much living in every man's sexual fantasy. But like... How does he get out of it? So that's the whole yeah. crux of the episode. But I feel bad for this actress because her really her whole role in this whole thing is just like I want to suck your dick. What I gotta mm -hmm. do is suck your dick. And that's yep, yeah. The original Star Trek pilot, The Cage, will return in a moment. Don't miss this special television event, Star Trek's The Cage. See how the legend began and lives on. Captain's log, stardate 1512.2. Why does Spock want to take us to that one forbidden world in all the galaxy? His former captain, mutilated by a recent space disaster, unable to speak or move. I have never disobeyed your orders before, Captain. I know it is treachery against Captain Kirk, but I must do this. No vessel under any condition, emergency or otherwise, is to visit Talos IV. And to do so is the only death penalty left on our books. entry in the log right now which doesn't jive with the established facts how do you explain that i can't but to question spock of all people doctor as senior officer present i present myself to you for arrest you're a perfect choice Captain! this is mr spock You'll learn next why returning Captain Pike to Talos IV was worth risking my life 
and Captain Kirk's career. Join us then to see the conclusion of the incredible adventure on that forbidden planet. Since you resist the present specimen, you now have a selection. Each of the two new specimens has qualities in her favor. You will find it an effective combination. the unpleasant alternative of punishment. Outside, the crew blasts the fuck out of the door. Yeah, they get a super and, uh, laser set up to blow up the door. Yeah, the, the, the aliens took Pike through, but they cannot get through. Or maybe know. it's just an illusion, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, the fact that the Christmas... Uh, the, the, the laser's pretty much fueled by Christmas lights doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So inside, she says, Yeah, they can't make you do what you want, but they, oh, they can punish you if you don't do what they want. Yeah. You'll find that out. I mean, that is an interesting rule that they can't, like, they, 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 even though they can mess with your mind by creating illusions, they can't change your mind, so they can only, like, browbeat you into doing what they want, which, yeah. that's, that's the important and thing, is free will, and how are you gonna they, use that as a weapon against these assholes? They used to live on the surface, but then that shit got fucked up, and now they live down here! Yeah. And did more said... It's not here, it's only all... later that you found to find out that they fucked up their own planet, right? Uh, yeah, yeah you get all more kinds details. Of, yeah. I think maybe it's this part. I don't know. They uh, got all kinds of living specimens that they collected up in this joint, and they've been watching them for ages. Yeah. And Pike is like, well, then they need more than one of each so they can fuck. That's when he realizes where, this is like a sex where they, zoo. Where are they going to get an Earth woman? And she says, I'm a woman, fleshy as hell, just like you. <laughs> We're like Adam and Eve. And puts it into his hand. Uh-huh. If they could just, oopsie, oh no, she goes, ah, and falls down and vanishes, <laughs> leaving only her robe behind. Really? And, yeah, oh, and then wow, the testicle that, oh, yeah, testicle that had been, that. testicle that had been watching goes through the turn the page book door and that scene ends. <laughs> yeah, because he was watching the whole thing because it's a menagerie, it's a zoo, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah. Later, Pike is feeling around a cell when a trap door slides open, green light inside, and closes real quick before he can get in. A glass is put inside. Then the so testicle. this is an actual. This is not an. This is this is not something. This is not an intentional trap left by the aliens, right? He just no. earnestly finds a trap door that's been built into his cage. Okay. Yeah, so they can put a glass in there. Hmm. And then, then they, they're like, hey, drink that shit. It's good for you. Got all the proteins. Oh, that's it's, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a complex it's got what, protein compound or whatever. Yeah. It's got what plants crave. And if you don't drink it, we'll make you think you're in hell where there's oatmeal in the water, I guess. So oh, drink God, up, that's asshole. That's gross. And like his water seeping up. It's nasty. Yeah, I love that the fire <laughs> is not nearly as gross as the oatmeal water. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can tell they totally just burned off the costume right there. They just ruined it. So you're not going to get that costume clean again for filming. Uh, so the, water. The, te the testicle version of Maggie Smith is like, if you don't drink it, we'll be even meaner to you. So, got, at this point, you think, you think fucking, like, you just, uh, what's worse than sending me to hell? You're gonna make me f burn to death in oatmeal water. I can't imagine what would be worse, but... Uh. Yeah, so... Uh, drink up, asshole. And he drinks it, and then launches himself at the glass. And it startles Maggie Smith. And he wants to know why that startle. And maybe because he was so mad? Yeah. But the testicle only wants to talk about that hot blonde. And, uh... Try to change the subject. Yep, and it's usually, hey, that babe, you want that babe, right? And he's like, why you gotta punish her? I'm the one that's being a jerk. And he's like, oh, you all pity her, huh? Do you? Oh, cool, cool. And then it leaves. And so Pike is now on the most set that's ever been a set on Earth, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a this closet, is supposed soundstage. to be the Mojave Desert. Where he mm. was born, I guess. This, mm. I guess, this is the one time in the original Star Trek you actually get to see planet Earth in mm. the future. And I guess mm. they've terraformed the Mojave Desert to be this green paradise, green plastic matte painting. Not even a matte painting; it's just a model of like a little bubble city with like some yeah. green astroturf and a bunch of again more papier-mâché rocks and a live horse. Who's stuck yeah, I'm surprised the there wasn't a, a papier-mâché horse. Yeah, um, oh my god. You know what, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they tried it first, and they're like, okay, that, the, the set <laughs> is too small, we can't, like, put the horse far enough away that'll look realistic. We just need to get a real goddamn horse, so let's go. Yeah. Yeah, Lucio Ball had to write, she... a, write a check for $20 to ride a live horse that day. <laughs> so the, the lady's there, too. What's her name? I never caught a her lady? name. Yeah. Vina. Vina? And I only okay. remember that because the, that's funny because then she ends up becoming a green dancer in just a bit. And I guess they call her Vina because she turns into a green dancer later. Green vine, mm. I don't know. But yeah. So he tries to talk to her about stuff that's going on. And she's like, fucking stop it, you dork. You want me to get a headache again? Yeah. And, but he ignores her, please, and just keeps talking about shit. she's trying to go on with this little fucking picnic she's laid out. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want to get punished again. He keeps bugging her and is like, Hey, why couldn't they read my ma mind when I was all mad? And she's like, I can't read through primitive emotions. And considering how horny they are for each other, they couldn't, she shouldn't be able to read their mind at any point because she is thirsty, he's thirsty, but he's he's always holding he, them feelings if, back. If if they can't read their primitive emotions, why don't they just start fucking and create like a fuck a bubble shield of, of impenetrable <laughs> thought? Uh -huh. I think that would be the simplest. And they could have the conversation, but just while they're fucking, you yeah. know. And then so they they say they're both horny for each other, but since it's all an illusion, it's just, I just don't care much for it. Yeah. And the testicle guys decide maybe they need to make things a bit hornier around here. So now she's going to be Green Dancer. And, uh, and then, like, some... I don't, I don't know how to describe the set, but the it's kind of set fucking, you'd, ex yeah, it's, it's you'd, like, you'd it, expect a Star Trek to set to be when it's all do 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 do. Yeah, this is pretty much what Star Trek looks like for every other planet they show up in, where it's kind of like this little, like, almost like Arabic, like, little fucking oasis and set. The the aliens are like, let's get him as horny as possible by showing, shoving two of the ugliest dudes in there watching with them we can muster. <laughs> so they can keep on, like, looking looking at her and then looking at him to see how he's reacting. And they can these just make guys, comments about, like, I these wonder guys if these guys are, like, the producers or something like that, yeah. 
So it hurt to look at. Ugh. This is uh, this does raise the question. So this is Vina. Like Vina's been transformed. So I guess this is actually her, not just a vision of her. I don't know. Uh, because they say they can't like make her do anything she wants. I guess. Well, I guess she does want to fuck him. So maybe, I guess maybe she figures. Well, if a seductive dance is a green lady. Which is funny because like this is one of the most famous scenes as 60 in Star Trek. Dances can get. Yeah, that doesn't help either. And she's like, oh, she's yeah, she's in this green body poster paint that's kind of rubbing off on all the joints and everything mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah, this is obviously one of the most famous scenes from Star Trek. Uh, which is yeah. funny because this is a scene from an episode that really not got shown uh, outside of just being recycled into an actual mainline uh, episode. But yeah, this is. Yeah. Then we get the other great line of the, the the show where the ugly guy with the teeth says, <laughs> "Funny how they are on this planet. They actually like being taken advantage of." Gross, uh, my dude. Gross. Yeah. I like. Hey, the, Gene. Gross. I like the suggestion. There's an ugly guy without the teeth, which is, sounds even worse though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, this yeah. is definitely yeah, Gene Roddenberry's sexual fantasies coming to the fore. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because they actually, in Star Trek Enterprise, they actually... So technically, she's supposed to be an Orion slave girl. Uh, well, I guess as the doctor says earlier in the episode, she's supposed to be an Orion animal woman. Uh, mm. In Star Trek Enterprise, they do bring back the idea of these Orion <laughs> and Pike animal is like, women. I... Yeah, Pike is like, I don't want to have sex with her. I want to trade her. <laughs> she could be I could get $500 on PayPal for her. Uh, you know how much lithium I could get for her? Yeah, it turns out he's completely asexual. He's just like, really like, oh, yeah, no, it's just a good trade. I don't want to take advantage of any of my slave sock. I just want to, yeah, I'm just got to head for slave business. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway, so he, he, like, runs out of the, the oasis, but suddenly, like, the door behind him turns into stone, so he can't get back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she, then she's there being all seductive. It's like, want to see what color I am on the inside? I know. She's like, do you want to see if my pussy lips are green, too, or what's going on down <laughs> well, there? Well, that's what I was implying, but yeah, you do it that way, too. Well, that's because I do a better sexy lady green animal voice than you do. <laughs> I'm more authentic. Uh, so, um, Is my butthole the, the, brown or dark green? The, we'll find out. The, the crew on the ship has put on all of Mom's jackets because she wanted them to keep warm to beam down to get the captain. But oh no! You see like the arms of Gene Roddenberry's grandma finishing tailoring the last uh, jacket as she handing them off to the extras. When they beam down, only two of them go. And one of my favorite moments is Spock opening his hands wide and going, "The women!" What the fuck? <laughs> I wish it was more close up in that one shot because the way he does like flap his arms up, it's the most. It's rare that you see Spock completely that flabbergasted by something. (laughs) And that is the proper word flabbergasted because it's not even surprised. It's like, holy shit! (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Oopsie doodles, only the ladies got sent down, and now they're in the cage with Pike and the girl, and she goes, Oh, no, let me finish! Yeah. Oh, she was so close. She was so close, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, but now so, she's human again. I guess she did, yeah. Yeah. So Pike Rip was hoping the redhead's jacket, and she's like, slow down, sailor. Jesus. But he's just he's just taking the phaser, yeah. and, but they don't work no more. God, and he's man. so mad about- before ripping someone's shirt oh. off so he could get the <laughs> Yeah. He just fills his mind with Hayden, he, so they can't read it, and he throws those phasers on the ground. And 
The girl is annoyed, the the, the blonde, because the redhead's dumb. She's not a good mate. Oh, it didn't occur to me how the aliens, I, this becomes a thing in a second, but he's also surprised, uh, 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 the hunter had now has access to a whole, like, fucking donut uh, variety pack of women, because you've got a blonde <laughs> woman and a redhead, too. Yeah, yeah. and the, the redhead's dumb. She can't, she's not good. I and feel this, bad for and the lieutenant. She doesn't cop to anything. She's totally like, what happened? She's yeah. too serious. She's this. Uh, I'm the best one to fuck. You all know it. Yeah, I and do. Sure, the kids. Sure, the kids will turn out to be terrible actors, but they don't have to become actors. But they'll be great green dancers. Yeah. So then the testicle comes in as we turn the page and says, "Hey, we brought you a couple more fuck buddies. The one you call number one is cold." But she likes to fantasize about that dick all the time, like crazy go nuts. Yeah. And this redhead right here, she wants to fuck you like crazy, but you're out of her league. But now that you're all stuck in a cage, maybe that can change. Plus, her factors are youth, looks, strength, plus unusually high female jives. Which, what? What? Excuse <laughs> What? <laughs> Although he did it, to be fair, in his defense, he says drives and not jives. Does he? Because I listened to it several times. He says drives. I love oh, jives, man. which suggests she's just really good at just just black. It stuff. was the six. <laughs> it was the sixties. I just thought I was she like could, jives. Who are the two black jive talkers in airplanes? She could communicate with those guys so well. <laughs> oh my god! But you know, even then, but drives. Like, what does unusually high female drives mean? Does that mean she, she's just horny? All the Omega time. Horny? Unusually or is high. Is she just really good at, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even want to imagine what the hell Gene Roddenberry is trying to get at there. But again, this is all Gene Roddenberry being a perverted motherfucker. This whole Matt, episode yeah, boils only, down to, like... The only thing better than having one woman is having three Oh, no, he's going to be forced to fuck all three women. What's going to happen? Truly, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to a human male in the history of mankind. Yeah, so the alien gives Pike an ice cream headache and leaves. Yeah, on because, the ship. Yeah, because Pike refuses to pick because the idea is that yeah. they're saying, hey, we've given you a selection of women. If you don't like the blonde we originally supplied you with, now you could have your selection of whichever we want to fuck, but we still it, want you to fuck. It's weird because it taps on its watch and it's been it's like it's been eight hours. <laughs> Come on, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok, motherfucker. We don't, we've been here for 18 years. Actually, I guess forever, but like, yeah, we, we're not at risk of dying of old age or anything like that, but we're just bored. Come on, move this shit forward. <laughs> so on the ship, Spock's like, fuck this, we're out. But then all the power on the ship dies. Mm -hmm. And what's the point of this? Why do the aliens want to keep them around? Yeah, I, and well, that becomes another thing. I guess it would behoove it would wouldn't it behoove them for them to leave so that they they have no choice but to be stuck on the planet? Well, either that or like if you just if you just want like breeding stock for your zoo, why don't you bring down all the men and women on that ship? And like why uh, does it's it have probably to too be many just too many possibilities to Do they like, only have the one cage, them. that one room? Yeah. They couldn't fit yeah. the whole crew in there, so they said, well, let's get the best guy, let's get the captain. Uh, they cut yeah. out the scene where they were like, hey, do you want to fuck the monkey, then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, everybody in the cage is sleeping, and, and then the sliding door, trap door opens a little bit, and a testicle creature decides they're just gonna sneak in and grab those guns <laughs> right quick. So elegantly, because it's like a little old woman in a bathroom <laughs> with a giant butthead makeup trying to sneak through this, this, this doggy door to try to guess, because mm -hmm. I guess 
uh, Captain Pike, he left the two <laughs> laser pistols by the by the the, the trap door. So yeah. I guess Alien is trying and to get in to try to get the pistols away from the from the from the people. Why? Why wouldn't it make an illusion that it's not there? Or <laughs> yeah, even if he can say, like, okay, why didn't you just use magic to just retrieve the things? But yeah, exactly. If he can control everything these people can see or think or hear, then like yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's almost like... Well, oh, no. <laughs> Pike grabs them and decides he's going to wring its throat. Yeah, and rather and, than, like, disappearing out of the guy's hands or pretending to, like, look at like he's disappearing, he just... Uh, suddenly this alien... Well, I guess maybe because Pike's so angry, he can no longer use his illusion powers just, on Pike, so Pike just starts yeah. throttling the guy. And the girl is like, don't hurt them. They don't mean to be evil. What? What? Shut up. <laughs> what are you talking... Just shut up and get out of here. What are you talking about? Hey, this fucking, uh, fucking Stockholm Syndrome motherfucker. <laughs> so, he turned the uh, alien turns into a red ape, but Pipe's like, knock that shit off. I know it's you. I'll, I'll just I'll ring your neck. Yeah, this isn't like, I'll twist your head off or something like that. Yeah. That's when the alien's like, okay, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Oh, so then yeah. the alien's Psych. like, hey, just let me go. I'll destroy your ship. And on the ship, the Earth's history's getting downloaded, and the girl... Back on the planet, tells Pike they can do it. They make your crew think they're doing the right things, but then kaboom, kablams, or your ship's all gone. <laughs> and Pike's, Pike says, "I'm gonna gamble. You're too intelligent to kill for no reason. That's a stupid gamble, Pike. But okay." And yeah, the whole rest of this episode is just yelling and gambitting at each other. Yeah. Yeah. He points a gun at the window and pulls the trigger, but nothing happens. And he's like, "Hey." I bet that worked, and you're only making us think the phasers didn't work. Want to see what happens when I point it at your head? Which is pretty clever. And the mm -hmm, alien's like, so, okay, yeah, he's like, okay, fine, you got me. You did blast a hole through the window. <laughs> he, now they can he holds escape. up his hands and kind of chuckles. He's like, yeah, you got me. You got me. What are you going <laughs> to oh, do? You got he's me. like, okay, boss, you got me. Let's go. Yeah, you got me. Let's go, <laughs> let's go through that hole. And, and then they go out through the window. Yeah, and then they take, they take the elevator upstairs and it does turn out that the Enterprise and their laser cannon actually did just blast the shit out of that paper mache rock. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, they were all just tricked, and then the testicles like, see, uh, your attempt to escape accomplished nothing. You're now all on the surface, which is where we wanted you to be. Uh, I totally wanted you to strangle me. This is all part of the <laughs> plan. He tents his fingers and says, ah, oh, yes, look at my shitty home that you've just destroyed. This is totally this what I wanted. Going, this all isn't going tits up at all. This is exactly <laughs> what we wanted to happen. This does make the point that, like, I guess, so I, I guess we are past the point where they did explain what happened to these people. I guess it was a relatively futuristic society that once they managed to tap into their own mental powers, uh, they stopped building and repairing things and they just, like, lived inside their own minds, essentially. Yeah. And so I guess that's why this whole planet was left to rot. And which does mean that, like, they, I guess, like, they could, I guess maybe they could illusion themselves into thinking that they've repaired all this damage that Pike and the Enterprise's crew has done, but, like, they, they don't know how to actually fix it. And so I guess like well they don't know how to use their arms because they always walk with them at directly at their <laughs> seriously, sides. Seriously, so like every every they bit all of, walk like they just shit their robes. So yeah, every bit of damage that Pike does to this shit, like they blew up the rock, they shot a, a hole in the window in the cage downstairs. They're never gonna know how to fix that because I've lost that knowledge. So they're just stuck living in this junk pile, like wishing they weren't living there. And but yeah, yeah. so the aliens like it was all part of our plan. Now <laughs> this is a fucking. good thing for us. Start, start banging, please. please fuck now, fuck now, please. Yeah. So Pike says, "All start right." Start throwing condoms at Pike's feet. <laughs> start, 
start send the ladies back to the ship and let my ship go and I'll stay here or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's worse things than fucking a lady in paradise. Why does sure. Pike make that deal? Because he's just about to escape. Is it because he can't get in touch with the Enterprise? Because the aliens. I guess. Sick? So he just assumes the Enterprise is now that now I guess now that they're threatening the Enterprise is like okay if this if you're gonna fuck with my whole ship I'm gonna give myself up. Yeah. Okay. But number one, the lieutenant ain't having it, and she twists the phasers so it'll overload and explode, and the alien has a terrible poker face and is like, oh shit, what the <laughs> fuck? It's like, he goes like, <laughs> <laughs> I Shit's do like that number one just, is like the gambit it, breaker here where she's, yeah. It shits all over the ground and says, according to my plan. <laughs> you hear a brown welt, a brown squelch out come out of his ass and just his, his, his rope starts turning brown from the ground up. It's a mm -hmm. mess, yeah. And then the other testicle sacks come out and are like, hey, yo, we got all their history they have. And then testicle Maggie Smith is like, what the f what, what the fuck, man? Apparently, your species really hates captivity. We didn't even know that was possible. And Pike's like, well, duh, yeah. Meet that love captivity. Did the orange, <laughs> like, fucking gorilla monster love captivity? That's, yeah. And the alien is like, even when the captivity is super tight, really choice, you like death better. And that makes you too violent for our needs. You, 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 get out of here. It's all part of her plan. Go on, get. And Pike's <laughs> Go like, on, get. That's the title of the episode. Yep. Go, on. Go on, get. <laughs> Just waves them away. Yep. So Pike is like, so that's that? You're not even going to say sorry for being such assholes? And the other brain boy is like, well, you condemned this to extinction, isn't that enough? And now F Pike feels bad. He's like, I, I, maybe a trade? I, I, don't, I could see if any of the horny guys on my ship want to Does he actually this offer that? No, well, he says maybe a trade, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder, then, I wonder if Starfleet would actually allow, like, if, like, are they going to broadcast a message to everybody on their price? Okay, guys, if anyone's super horny and wants to spend their the rest of their life living in a in a fake paradise with a super hot blonde lady, uh, come on down to the transporter room. Come on down to the transporter room. We what got hot blondes. guys show up? Are they just going to be one 12 guys down to the surface? Yeah. Who knows? So, so, um... They're like, nah, that's okay. Your race would eventually lead, learn our illusion skills and destroy itself. Yeah, that's too. a good point, yeah. And then the ship has power. It's got it back. And then the women are back, <laughs> but not Pike. They get beaten I back. I kind of wish Spock was e as equally flabbergasted and spontaneous <laughs> uh, reappearance He's of the women as they were when they left. Pike is busy on the surface watching the girl turn into a hunchback on Notre Dame. Yeah. And she looks like shit. Well, and she's is there like, a reason yeah. why, they, why the aliens suddenly decide to get rid of her illusion right here? I can't remember if they specifically say why, but they say, okay, know, this is actually she, how this woman appears now. It turns out she, the hot lady you've been yeah, looking at this whole episode has been an, an illusion. Yeah, well, kind of. She's, she's, she is a human. Well, she's, she's living, she, but she's not hot. She was she's part not, of the she's crash, and they're like... No, they're like, we found her, she was basically a pile of goo, and then, then we rebuilt her, but we didn't know what humans looked like, so we fucked it up real this bad. Is, and this is actually the most fucked up part of this whole episode, is her just being like, they didn't know what a human looked like, so they just had to make it up, and so they turned, like, I guess the aliens accidentally turned into a hunchback, which is super sad, because they were trying to do a good thing. Despite yeah. them being assholes all in this episode, I guess they know enough, at least when they... Although, I guess, I guess, maybe it wasn't out of the kindness of their own hearts. They just recognized her as a potential zoo animal, yeah. so they wanted to, like, 
So, but like, yeah, so Pike she's is old. like. They, they actually gave her a hunchback, man. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. So Pike is like, ugh. You, you make her, really, he'll make her look good again, right? Oh, and they're like, all that and more. And now she has a Captain Pike of her own. And the original Captain Pike is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. You never said I could have her and myself. Why was it down on the table? Yeah. What's I, going I'm going to stay. I am staying. You, you will not be able to get me off this planet. Give but him a he gets bigger dick. <laughs> he gets beamed up back to the ship, and then he goes to the bridge where he bumps into the redhead again, and he's like, "Oh!" And she has the reports, and he's like, "Oh!" The redhead being just doing her job on the bridge. He was an asshole for no reason again. What a scam! And she's like, "Hey, Captain, I I was just I was just wondering who who was you who were you gonna fuck." I'm thirsty as hell. Open invitation. Come to my zone anytime. I gotta have that sunny D. And by D, I mean dick. Give and she reaches me. down to her hip, and there's an invisible crank, and she starts twisting it. <laughs> and you hear the fucking creaking chains of her cut flaps creaking oh, open. Oh, no. <laughs> Heavens to Betsy Bill. Oh, no. And then <laughs> the captain sits in his chair, and the doctor's like, Hey, well, yeah, Adam and Eve, huh? And Pike is like, All doctors are perverts. <laughs> And then the bongos kicking like crazy, and the lady starts singing, and it's One that. One way to end the last line of your episode is all doctors are perverts while fucking the captain looks at his 20th century clipboard, and that's the end of the episode. And no wonder everyone at NBC was like, what the hell was that? Stupid. Oh, Boy, Gene Rockman, you're as... a horny-ass motherfucker, aren't you? It, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. But it's not but... great. No. <laughs> God. Oh yeah. 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 I, More sexist than I was expecting to. Yeah, and like I said, that that really doesn't lie. That that still leaks its way into the uh, the actual series at some points too. I think that's yeah. only the last episode of the original series. Uh, that's infamously the one where I think Captain Picard is forced to switch bodies with a a super angry lady who's upset because. Starfleet won't allow women captains, so she decides this is the only way she could ever become a captain is by like stealing Picard or Picard's uh, Kirk's body or something like that. In which it does establish Stupid. the idea that like yeah, like the Starfleet just does, does doesn't allow women captains, which is like fucking Christ. But yeah, oh my Star God. Trek is dumb. Star Trek is fucking dumb. I love Star Trek. It's more well-meaning than it is necessarily always good. Um, How many times did they? Go, I know it was only a couple, but when when you're running out of story ideas and you're like, "How about they de-evolve or evolve?" I yeah. guess that's our story. Or everybody's or horny. Evolve, they run into an alien who's like a childlike super alien or this godlike alien who turns out to be like a child wasn't, or wasn't something. Wasn't there an episode on Next Generation where everybody got super horny too? Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a sequel episode. <laughs> that's literally the second episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, it's funny, because Star Trek The Next Generation, they were like, we want to do everything we can to separate The Next Generation from the original series. We're not going to have any mentions of Kirk or Spock or anything like that until we've established the show as its own entity separate from the original show. But for some reason, the second episode of Next Gen is literally a sequel episode to... Uh, there's an, a, a, an episode of the original series where everyone on the, the the original series Enterprise gets infected with a virus that makes them all horny and fight and stuff like that. And that's the same virus gets let loose on the Enterprise D and Next Gen. And that's the episode where uh, not only does it infect everybody, all the meat people, but Data also gets infected. And he and uh, Troy end up fucking. 
It's literally the second episode of Next Gen. And Why did his creator give him a dick? Oh, and that's that's the joke because he goes up to Counselor Troy and get, or not Counselor Troy, uh, Tashi Yar. Tashi Yar's like, oh, I don't know, you could have sex, and he says like, oh, I am fully operational or something like that. <laughs> and it's just like, Gene Roddenberry, you fucking pervert, you, you fucking pervert, yeah, that's, oh my god, horny motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that was fine, whatever. You know, it was kind of sad because Leonard Nimoy is in the middle of live-tweeting uh, the production of this episode when he died in 2015, which I thought was kind of mm. sad. Because, like, literally every day he was like, oh, today's the 50th anniversary of my first uh, test with where they put the ears on for the first time. And he was going to do the whole live-tweeting of uh, the creation of Star Trek all the way up until the, uh, the, you know, the airing of the original first, you know, a actual production episode. But, yeah, he died before that happened. But that's my abiding memory of... The cage is him talking about the cage all the time on Twitter until like literally just like a day or two before he died. Um, God, yeah. Not too much trivia about this episode other than just like yeah, Jeffrey Hunter didn't come back because his wife was a jerk. Hey, um, what, uh, yeah. Uh, what was the? I know Pike's all fucked up. I don't remember the episodes. What happened? So uh, this goes back to what I was saying before about how. When Star Trek went to series, at some point they were running out of cash, and they decided they could save some cash by somehow turning the cage into an actual episode of Star Trek, the finished version of Star Trek. And so what they did, they came up with the idea of taking the cage and turning it into a two-part episode where um, the essentially all the material from the cage would act as a flashback. Uh, to There's something in the modern day where Spock, yeah, he ends up hijacking the Enterprise... And he ends up kidnapping Pike to take him back to Talos 4. Because mm -hmm. they couldn't get Jeffrey Hunter back, uh, they said, Oh, now Captain Pike, he had an accident in between the events of the cage and the series. So his, like, he's now in a wheelchair. This is the one of the other most famous things from Star Trek is the image of, like, older, more fucked up Captain Pike. He's got, like, purple bruises and shit all over his face. He's got white hair. He's just staring off into space. He's in the wheelchair that just lets him beep. Because I guess yeah. 23rd century technology in Starfleet is terrible, where, like, instead of, like, a flying hover chair that has, like, like a, like a robot voice for you, they just put you in a wheelchair that's essentially just, the, like, a, a rolling sarcophagus, and your only method of communication is going beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. this is how they, so, yeah, they couldn't get Jeffrey Hunter back, so they just said they got another actor who kind of looked like Jeffrey Hunter, put him in a bunch of fucked up makeup, and said, oh, yeah, he had, like, a radiation accident. And mm. so, the so this two-part episode they made out of the cage. It's called the Menagerie, and the episode ends with Spock taking now old busted up and fucked up uh, Pike back to Talos Four. And the end of the episode here, where it's Vina going off with like uh, another fake version of Captain Pike, is mm -hmm. recontextualized. That is actually Captain Pike. Spock has mm. brought. Uh, Captain Bike Pike back, and now he gets to live out the rest of his life as he, like, essentially, essentially what happened to Vina, where he's all fucked up, but he gets to pretend because they're allowed to give him this illusion where he gets to spend out. Which is kind of a nice way to kind of, like, recontextualize all that uh, footage from the cage. Um, yeah. It's not a great episode, okay. but it does establish that uh, <laughs> Spock was on the Enterprise like 11 years before uh, Kirk ever showed up. Um, does establish mm -hmm. the fact that Captain Pike was canonically uh, captain of the Enterprise before yeah, uh, uh, Kirk ever showed up. 
Um, and it's interesting, too, because Star Trek Discovery, the newest Star Trek series uh, that just wrapped up its second season just earlier this spring, did a sequel episode to The Cage, where, mm -hmm. because Star Trek Discovery takes place in between the events of The Cage and the events of the original series, Captain Pike and Number One both show up on Discovery, mm. and there's an episode where uh, Pike actually ends up having to go back to Talos and meets Vina again. And it's funny because that episode starts with a flashback, uh, kind of like uh, 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 Pike is standing on the bridge of the Starship Discovery, which is the Did titular... They Episode. Did they get Ray Liotta and Christian Bale? No! You know what? They Actually, that would have been good modern-day casting if they had thought <laughs> to do that. Oh, man, that would have been... That, yeah, they got, like, Bobo, Vina. I can't remember, but it's the the actor they got to play uh, Pike on Discovery is actually pretty good, although he looks nothing like Jeffrey Hunter, but that would have been good. Well, Ray Liotta's too old now. Mm. Yeah, actually, if they went back and if they had, if they had Captain Pike, uh, not fucked up version of Captain Pike, if they had, show, ha, if he had to show up in the original uh, motion picture, the movies from the 80s with the original crew. Actually, like, old real Ray Liotta now, if he took a time machine back to, like, 1985 and had to play Captain Pike in, like, Star Trek 3, that would have been good casting. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. But... Hells yeah. Yeah, so it's funny how, despite this just being a quote-unquote lost episode, how much this actually did wind up becoming canon all through, and it became a big thing all throughout different variations of Star Trek and stuff, but... Yeah. Oh my god, but yeah, that is... That is the cage. And also, the other the thing, too, because... So, this is the original pilot. They went out and did a second pilot called No Where No Man Has Gone Before. Uh, that got actually got the show picked up. And so, the cage was essentially lost for, like, 30 years. And I mm. guess, um... It remained lost until, like, 1986. Someone found, like, a bunch of missing parts from the episode. Because I guess they did have all the parts that they re reused for the Menagerie episode of, of Star Trek. They still had good quality versions of all that footage, but all the stuff they cut out from the cage to make it into that Star Trek two-parter they had supposedly lost until someone found all those clippings in, like, a garbage bin at Paramount, like, 30 years later. And so that that allowed them to mostly restore the episode to, the, to what we just watched. I think there's still a couple, one or two lines missing, uh, from the original the, the version of the cage that got shown to NBC back in the day, for, but, but for the most part, yeah, they found the missing bits in, like, 1986, and I guess, like, as, like, like not too long after Next Gen debuted, that's when they first, uh, that's when they first aired the cage on television and was selling it as, like, a VHS tape and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. so it just kind of worked out from a, a publicity angle that they were like, oh, if you love... Next gen so much, and if you remember the original series, hey, we found the original version of the cage, and now you can buy this for twenty four ninety nine. And it's hilarious because I was looking at commercials for when they were selling for selling the cage, uh, back in like nineteen eighty nine. It's great because it's like now you can own this original unaired version of the original Star Trek uh, pilot that no one has seen before. For it's yours for only twenty four ninety five. With if you order it now, you get a free collectible pin. And I looked up the pin on eBay, and uh, the first one I saw was like for two dollars. Because in the commercial, they specifically say this pin will become a, uh, a valuable collectible someday, and it's yeah. fucking two dollars on eBay right now. And I'm like, man, if that ain't that's like Star Trek merchandise in a nutshell, where yeah. it's being sold to you as this inherently collectible thing, but like now, like it's almost literally just garbage. Like the shipping and handling for that item on eBay is more than the actual item itself, but. 
Oh god, the cage. I love Star Trek. It's so stupid, but it's great. Yeah. Even when it's sexist and filled with papier mache and hefty bags, <laughs> like this particular <laughs> episode. But... Oh yeah. my god. Do it's you have a particular fart. favorite episode of of Star Trek? Any anyone that really spoke to you or anything? The like original that? series? Yeah, I don't know if there's any of them. Oh, like, I don't know. Or anything it... like that. They all kind of mushed together in my head. Yeah, I was looking at the production history of of Star Trek. How there was this pilot, and like I said, there was a second pilot. And even in that second pilot, they don't have a lot of the cast. There's like no McCoy, uh, no Yuhura, no. I don't think there's George Decay is in that either. And it wasn't until mm. like the first production episode, which is the Corbomite maneuver. That's the great one with Clint Howard shows up as a little alien named. I forget what the alien's name is, but he loves this orange juice drink called Tranya, which fucking yeah. cracks me up. But that's the first episode where they had, like, also Bone shows up where they actually have their whole original cast. But, I see. Man, Star Trek, I, I'm, I still love Star Trek, though. That's it's good. good. That Even in spite of shitty pilots like this. And I still, I, again, I still, I think this this pilot episode looks better than the finished series because that all that all that Forbidden Planet influence on it, it wasn't all day glow. Uh, colors and stuff but anyway that's yeah. that that's the cage we can wrap it up yeah so uh hopefully what's uh, we're going to do something that we might love next week uh yeah or do you know if you don't know that i have fine. i i have i know the subject that i think i want to talk about what, exactly what we'll talk about i'll we'll have to um, maybe i'll leave it up to you or maybe leave it open to suggestions from viewers mm. listeners whatever you want to call you guys hey jonathan mitchell hey Catherine <laughs> king how you guys doing <laughs> Um, I, the latest Godzilla movie mm -hmm. is coming out on home video this week. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of thing, I want to do a Godzilla movie next week. Uh, we've mm -hmm. done one Godzilla movie in the past. We've talked about the original Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Do you have any preference for any kind of Godzilla stuff you'd like to see or anything like that? And any particular I know like, Godzilla so monsters you'd like it. to? I don't know. Okay. I do Whatever's have. Whatever's supposedly fun, I guess. I, uh, there's, there's <laughs> the <three>. shortest one. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the thing. Uh, well, that's the uh, Godzilla. I love Godzilla. I've seen most of the Godzilla movies in some form of bits and pieces and stuff, but I've never really sat down to, like, say, aside from the Godzilla movies that were, like, on Mystery Science Theater 3000 or, like, Godzilla 1985, I've never really sat down to watch, like, like I'm going to sit down and watch this Godzilla movie. So there's three movies in particular I'm thinking about tackling. If anyone has any preferences for this, let us know. I'm thinking about Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, the original version. Godzilla vs. Mothra, the original version, or the original Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Mm -hmm. Those three. Mechagodzilla, can... Mothra, or King Ghidorah. I don't know. <laughs> That's fine, too! Because I, I know, know no, what... I, 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 don't, I don't know nothing about no... I, mean, uh, I, know, well, talk... I know those characters, but I don't know anything yeah. about those. Uh, two of them are older. Uh, one is more recent. Uh... I think King Ghidorah, that's from, like, the, the 90s. The other two are from the 60s. Mm. And I'm not quite sure which ones are longer, which ones... I, there's a couple Cinemasker reviews maybe I'll send you to... to so you can you can maybe make an informed, like, uh, decision as to which one you might want to tackle, depending on what uh, fucking James Rolfe has to say. I don't know if that opinion carries much weight with you, but if you just want to get a brief overview about uh, what the Considering about, how much he's loved some of the shit we've watched, I, his opinion isn't that great. Okay, that's the thing, because I'm trying to think, like, exactly, I'm trying to, like, let, let, let you, let you I have mean, a decision. Because, I mean, he described the, he described the old dark house as one of the, if you want something yeah. spooky and atmospheric. 
that's again we're talking about this i don't know how much we've talked about this on the actual show versus us just bitching about people <laughs> behind their backs when we're offline but talking about people who are movie fans who seem to only like shit just because like they're supposed to like it because they're a fan of that genre without like going like or in the like the old dark's house case it was lost for so long you have to act like it was good even though it was terrible yeah when they found it like oh yeah this is a gem worth worshiping and yeah. which you know yeah that I, I think people get hepped up because they could just read about how good something is supposed to be in a book but when you objectively watch it by yourself, like, for real, it's like, oh, it's maybe doesn't hold up so well, so. Yeah. Well, we'll think about stuff, but like I said, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mechagodzilla, Gamothra, and Kigodora. Okay. Some so kind of Godzilla time. next time. Yeah. yeah. I'll let you, you can look up the run times inside which one is the <laughs> There we shorts. go. Yeah. It can't be that long! I mean, those movies were made for so cheap, it was cheaper the more shorter you make them. But yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm I don't think not. there's anything as like a two and a half hour long Godzilla movie. Let's put it that yeah. way. It's all good. Anyway. Yeah. So he's murdering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Follows with Tardy Podcast on Twitter. TardyPodcast.com. <sighs> put us in your ear holes. Share us yes. around. Whatever. I don't know. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> sure. Why not? Sounds like you're trying to get out of here pretty fast. So we'll wrap this up. Oh, no. I'm not trying to get out I don't out know if you had to poop or if one of the dogs was having a heart attack or something. No. No. Okay. No. Uh, so, um, yeah. I got nothing else. Uh, we're going to uh, go where no man has gone before. Uh, you know what? We're not unlike our mm, listeners. Here we go. Are not unlike the Telosians. Mm-hmm. And that we are two people mm-hmm. just locked in a cage to entertain mm-hmm. you guys. So, which I don't know which one of us makes us the like the green animal woman dancer trying to seduce the other one, but at least we're gonna we're gonna do it here to entertain you guys. We're always uh, just sp- think uh, of this yeah. podcast as as our own cage. I'm gonna paint roller and splather you down with some green paint. I don't care. You get to see if my butthole's brown or dark green. <laughs> I didn't want that, but okay. So until next time, fill your whole pop culture. Goodbye, everybody. I would love to have, oh my god, the things I would do if I had the powers of Q, if I could just see, like, okay, biologically, what happens if I fuck fuck with myself in an interesting way? If I'm a green animal fat man, when I come, Uh does my cum come out light green and taste like chocolate milk, milkshakes? Uh, is it shamrock shakes? Oh god, anyway. I wish I had a slide whistle right now. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just the down notes. No just up note on that <laughs> one. Just the down. That's the whole tenor of our podcast. Just uh-huh. Forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those adios. Oh, God.